signals for the Baltimore Colts. Unitas gives to Amici. The Colts to the world champion. Amici scores. Amazing. Sensational. Dramatic. Hard-running. Exciting. Thrilling. Finish in the history of college football. California. <laughs> This is Mike Burnham. This is Wes Durham. This is Mike Ashley. Hi, this is Chuck Foreman, number 44 of the Minnesota Vikings. Woo, mercy, this is handsome Jimmy Vine, the boogie woogie man. This is Coach Pride with Virginia Tech football, and you are listening to Big Dog Sports Talk. Are you ready to rock? Are you ready to roll? Okay, let's do it. You're in the doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk on the WRAD Talk Network. 101.7, 103.5, and AM 1460. Streaming worldwide at WRADradio.com and the TuneIn app for your phone. Join the conversation now on the Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900, or text Rick and the show at 744-2990. And now your host, the big dog, Rick Watson. back into the work week okay and maybe at some point we can help you get started on a morning call us up baker team hotline 639-4900 text line at 639 i'm sorry text line at 744-2990 rick at new river radio send me a uh, a message as well We'll review the college basketball weekend locally. Good news for the two men's teams. Tech women get a win yesterday. But you kept it going till the sun fell down. You kept it going. And then we'll talk about the NFL playoffs. We have our championship game set up. The Chiefs are back in the AFC Championship game for the sixth straight time. And the Bills, once again, a golden opportunity they let get away. Josh Allen, I'm not sure what he is. I mean, he makes all these wonderful plays and he can run, but I don't know what he was doing on that last drive. Then they missed the field goal to tie and just more heartbreak for the Bills Mafia. And the NFC is set. As the Motor City Kitties are one win away from going to their first Super Bowl, they're going to have to go to the West Coast, take on the 49ers. So what are your thoughts on that? What you thought of the games? 
And I know we're just getting into a new week, but the best news of the new week is the fact that if you just listen to our folks here, WFXR Weather, by the end of the week, we're going to have days getting near 60 or at 60. And that makes me very happy. Because, as you know, I hate the cold. And you know we've had bitter cold for way too many days. It is uh, bitterly cold this morning, 15 degrees. But we start to get out of it today, mid-40s, 50 tomorrow, 50 on Wednesday, then 60s, Thursday and Friday. Yes, have some. And as happy as that makes me, I'm sure that depresses all the folks at WDBJ because, you know, they absolutely are card-carrying members <laughs> of the snow cult. Leo may be delivering this week's forecast in tears. He may not even he may even ask not to have any airtime because he just doesn't have to talk about sunshine and, and sixty degrees. Awful. Just awful. But it will be a nice change because now you can turn down your, your heat a little bit. And they keep jacking up the uh, <laughs> the power companies, keep jacking up the bill. They come up with all these things. It's just it's like going to a car dealership, finding out all these protections and all these things they offer and they put on there. And then you ask about it. They don't have any idea what it is. That was also an episode of Seinfeld when Jerry was trying to get a new car from David Putty. Then he kept breaking up with the lane and trying to screw him on things. <laughs> you just go, we don't even know what that is. <laughs> I think that's what the power company's doing now. AEP adding fees and all these transmission charges just to jab. I mean, just to try to gouge people as much as possible when you need your heat. It's ridiculous. You ever sit back and realize that everything is a is just a means to try to make as much money off of us as possible? Right? Everything's a racket. Hidden fees, transmission fees for something as simple as power. If you pay utility fee, they may have a, oh, we got to come out and read your meter. Okay. <laughs> it's your job. <sighs> Don't get me started. Hey, but I hear, you know, according to the media, the economy's great. <clears throat> But let me know what you thought about whatever sports-wise you did this weekend. You know, I'm watching the playoffs, and this is probably a me problem. But I really had a hard time getting to any of the games. I really did. I just, I don't know what it is about the NFL now. Maybe if my team wasn't terrible, being a Broncos fan, maybe that would help me a little bit, but... I guess these games this weekend, they were better, right? I think they were better games. I don't know how many really good games there were. I mean, the Ravens blew out the Texans. The Packers-49ers game was close. and Lots of controversy about that game. Jordan Love was terrible in that game. You know, you never felt, or I never felt like the Bucks were really going to beat the Lions. Although we did get the humorous moment where, and it's just things that make you scratch your head. It was a 31-17 game. 
and Baker Mayfield hit Mike Evans for a touchdown. Made it 31-23. You still had about five minutes to go, just short of five minutes to go in the four. And then the Buccaneers come out and go for two. Which, as I sit here right now trying to explain it in my head, makes zero sense to me. And then you had Chris Collinsworth come on, and he starts talking about trying to explain in great detail why I think he came up with 55% was the success ratio of a two-point conversion right there. Whereas if you went and waited, as he said, I think he called it a gamble. If you gamble and score a touchdown here and kick an extra point, then score another touchdown and try to kick the extra point, okay. Let me ask you a question. Wouldn't you rather have scored a touchdown there, kick the extra point, then it's a seven-point game? Right? So, in other words, Collinsworth was on there trying to defend how a 55% decision was better than a 95% decision. And I don't know what prompted the Buccaneers to try to go for two there. Does it make any sense to anyone else? I mean, if you kick the extra point, it's 31-24, and then a touchdown and an extra point could potentially send it to overtime. But then once you didn't get the two-point conversion, you could tell how much it deflated the Bucks after that. Because now you have to score, and then you have to score a two-point conversion. I just... And then after Collinsworth explained that, he thought he had this salient point, but I looked on the, uh, the Twitter, everybody was like me going, what is he talking about? How did it make any sense to go for two there? And you start thinking, is this the way it's scripted? <laughs> I mean, that's what's entered my mind now with the NFL. Is this what they wanted? Wilbur says, unfortunately, the Chiefs are going to show up for practice today, see their shadow. And there's going to be three more weeks of Taylor Swift. (laughs) Yeah. 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 God, it's just disgusting, isn't it? The whole, I mean, and I think that's what's got me. I think that's what's got me, this whole Taylor Swift thing, the NFL showing her every, every time Kelsey called a pass. They go, it's clear they want her as part of this championship weekend. And not that that game was rigged, that Josh Allen just didn't make plays. But they got what they wanted. They've got her, maybe even more so than the Chiefs, going to Baltimore. But they got what they wanted. And this whole constant, you know, seeing his brother up there, it's just a sideshow. It's exactly what Al Michaels was talking about. And I think maybe as I sat there yesterday evening, I think maybe that's what's happened to me anyway. I can only speak for myself. You can make your own decisions, and it's fine. But I think that's why I'm just kind of – it's hard to care. I mean, the – the things that are excessive outside of the game have become so important to the league, 
to the networks. It's marketing, and I get it, you know. But the game itself is really all I ever cared about. And I don't, I just, in other words, if Travis Kelsey was with any other woman in the world, they wouldn't be going up to the box, but they're still trying to capitalize on all that with her. And it's just, I don't know. And then now here they are advancing to play the Ravens. And, you know, I've been a Lamar Jackson guy for a long, long time. A long, long time. Boy, oh boy, I'll never be a bigger Lamar Jackson fan than I am this weekend. When they play the Chiefs again. But I don't know. I, I The games were much better yesterday. But I just didn't find myself being invested. And I think a lot of it, you got to have self-awareness, right? When your team sucks or haven't had success, I won't say the Broncos sucked this year. They just weren't, you know, very good. They had good moments. They did put together a five-game win streak. But maybe that leads into it, right? When your team's not any good, it's hard to constantly get excited about the new season. Tech fan, you dealt with that, right, football-wise. I know you were still excited you were going to support them. And up until this last year when you'd go into the season and it started to go south, you'd just be like, eh, okay, whatever. Now you've got a lot of hope. It's going to be even more excitement. Maybe that's part of it. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being bitter because my team's not good. I have a lot of friends who are Washington fans, and they just tell me how depressing football season has become. Right? Maybe things are going to change with the new ownership, the new GM, and when they hire their new coach. But I didn't find myself being very invested in the game last night. I didn't really have a feeling about it. I didn't think the Buccaneers had any chance. It was strange, though. The two-point conversion thing was strange. Yeah, I saw that, too. Wayne, uh, Wayne from Ohio just sent in the I mean, they didn't try to stop the clock with their last timeout and try to force the Lions to kick a field goal. They just let the clock run out. I just Things just sometimes feel weird around the NFL to me. And I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but sometimes you wonder. Sometimes you do wonder. All right, so Wayne, what is this one you sent me? Now, I saw this a couple of other times. He sent... The Super Bowl logos from the last three years. Oh, okay. I see what you're doing. So, in other words, the Super Bowl logos are made ahead of time. And they put in, you know, supposedly random colors. Is that what this is, Wayne? Yeah, okay. So, two years ago, the colors matched the Bengals and the Rams. They had orange and then the Rams gold. Last year, they had green and red, so the green was for the Eagles, and the Chiefs were the red. This year, they've got the red and the purple, and these things are made beforehand. Is that right, Wayne? These things are out, right? This isn't something that's created. So these things are out, and of course, the red this year matches the 49ers, and the purple matches the Ravens. So around Twitter, okay, now I see. Thank you, Wayne. Now I see. 
So around Twitter, they were saying, gee, this is kind of strange, isn't it? The person who posted it said, I thought about this dumb theory every day for the last month, starting to get really concerned. So in other words, if you go by the current Super Bowl logo for Super Bowl 58, then there's no point in watching the games next week because the 49ers and the Ravens are going to win. <laughs> so these logos come out, you know, with the Roman numerals as the Super Bowl tradition states in certain colors, but they've matched the colors the last two years, and now folks are saying they match the 49ers and the Ravens' colors. We'll see. And you know if they both win, boy, that's going to pick up a lot of steam, isn't it? You know what's sad? This is just me being honest because, you know, we are sports fam, you and I. I can't walk away from an NFL game now or a week of NFL games and not feel like they're not on the up and up. And I hate to feel that way. Does that make sense? Do you ever do you feel that way? Whether it's the officials, whether it's strange things that happened like yesterday. And I, I you know, Chris Collinsworth can sit there and it sounded like he was almost trying to quickly jump all over the explanation to try to make the NFL script work. Because when you're down 31-17 with almost five minutes to go and you score a touchdown, you kick the extra point because then you just need a touchdown and an extra point to send the game to overtime. I just, sometimes I just walk away from the week going, was that legitimate? Or did I just watch, you know, the WWE, Monday Night Raw? I don't know. I don't know. And by the way, I love me some WWE. I'm just saying. All right. We'll be back. We'll get into some hoops, whichever way you want to take the program, starting another week. One more day of cold, and then we get warm weather. It's going to be nice. We'll be back. So Tommy writes in, he goes, the thing about Collinsworth's explanation was acting like any team would have went for two in that scenario at any time. He goes, I can't recall anyone saying, yeah, let's go ahead and go for two with five minutes to go as he tried to explain it. Yeah, that was the thing for me, too. He's trying to get on there. Well, you see, this is he's kind of got he's almost got like an old Bill Cosby type of, well, you know, the. And by the way, can I just reiterate how bad Tony Romo has become? Oh. I almost have to mute the game now. That's how bad Romo has uh, backtracked from his strong start. Trying to reference a forward fumble and he got the guy wrong. It was Franco Harris, Jim! No, it was Dave Casper and the Holy Roller, you idiot. He was getting ripped all over social media. But any of it. Again, you're it's thirty-one seventeen. You're on the road in the playoffs. Five minutes left. You score a touchdown. You kick an extra point. I, I don't think it's very difficult to make that decision. And I bet if you lined up all thirty-two coaches, they're probably going to go. Yeah, I'm kicking the extra point, but not according to Collinsworth because you see. A 55% chance is much stronger than a 95% chance. 
All right, we'll be back. More of hour number one. Marva, 705, Tim Thomas, 735, here on a Monday. Seconds, six seconds. There's Antoine with five. With four. Oh. Antoine right side with three. Cross court to Quan for three in the win. He got it. It's a bullseye and a Highlander winner. It was a Highlander winner on Saturday. They went at the buzzer against USC Upstate. Welcome back here as we roll along. 36 minutes past the hour. Tech men continue to play well in Raleigh. They uh, knocked off. NC State, we talked about that on Friday. Kind of felt like they could go in there and win that game. And they did. Maybe they get their season back on track. We shall see. Women yesterday without Georgia Amore beat a very bad Clemson team. 74-62. Liz Kitley had another big day. 31 points. So... These teams are, you know, getting through their conference, and we'll see where they end up once we get into February. And you're going to go through ebbs and flows, man. It's college basketball. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Hokie Bob sent another Romo gaff last night where he referred to <laughs> Jason Kelsey as Taylor Swift's brother-in-law. <laughs> what the hell's happened to Romo? I mean, it's just, it's unlistenable. I, I don't understand. Let's go to the Baker team hotline. Hey, good morning. Who's this? Hey, Trucky. How are you doing there, big dog? Hey, Rock. Were you at the game Saturday? I was. Hey, there you go. See? You show up and they pull it out. I told you. <laughs> One of the things that crossed my mind, big dog, is there is a knack, a habit of buzzer-beating games at the Deadman Center. I mean, how many times has that happened, do you think? I mean, I can think of at least at least two yeah. or three. Yeah, there are a lot of close one. games. Yeah. I mean, how many times has that happened? There's a lot of close games, man, in the conference. You're right. I mean, even if they're not buzzer-beaters, it comes down to, like, the final couple minutes. You know? It's just it's the way it is in the league, man. It's tough. Yeah, it it, did. it was no surprise, no surprise that uh, it came down to that last shot. Um, for me, I'm a horrible fan. I show up late and I leave early. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> I, I, that's my pattern of behavior. I show up late to the games, I leave early. And I was in my car listening while you described that final play. 
And it was as sweet as it could be listening to the Big Dog. I know you just replayed it, and you can keep replaying it you know, all day. It was a great call by the Big Dog well, thank you. on thank that you. last play. Um, that, I don't want to be too critical of the team. Um, I'll try not to do that. Um, but they're running the wrong offense. Um, I think, in theory, the offense they're running is correct. But they don't have the players to dominate one-on-one matchups. Uh, Antoine and Daquan have not progressed. Um, I think that's probably one of the most noticeable things I saw on Saturday. Also, were those god-awful New River City uniforms. Uh, those, <laughs> those were awful as well. And this was a big win for the team. I think it could be the one that gets them focused. But the offense, they have got to move the ball. They're running a spread offense one-on-one. Four guys stand around while one guy tries to take another guy, you know, off the dribble. And, you know, what Mike Jones was great at when he was coaching at Radford was everyone was involved. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that's hurting this team right now is that offense has to change. It has to be a ball movement offense. Everyone has to be involved. They don't have the talent to run this offense. The players just have not developed. And they've got really good players on this team, guys who want to win. But I feel like there is, there is a contrast in what's going on on the floor and the personality of the team. I don't think the personality of the team is matching with what's going on on the floor, and at times it's really stagnant. Um, their on-ball defense can be very good at times, but also they do get beat quite a bit off, often on defense as well. So I don't think the identity of the team is matching the style they need to play. I think right now they're probably about 50% of where they can be. I think they're going to have to play at least at 90% if they want to win the Big South Tournament. They've got the players in place. They've got a very good coaching staff. But I don't think their style of play is matching with the personnel that they have. Um, it, it just has to change. They have to go back to a ball movement defense, a ball movement offense. They have to move the ball on offense. That's the reason why Daquan hit that three was because Antoine made a great pass. And that has always been kind of a hallmark of championship Highlander teams is everyone being involved. Everyone being involved. So there's a big game on Wednesday. If they beat Asheville, you know, look out. They're going to be on a hot streak. They're going to be playing some good ball. But I do think there's some things that need to change. And I think that the coaching staff knows that as well. It's just frustrating because they're not playing as well as they could. And looking up at the banners, it's been quite a number of years before, you know, since the Highlanders put a number uh, championship banner up in the Highlanders, uh, up in the Dedman Center again, sorry. Um, so, yeah, it, it was a big win. I do think there's some really good things going on with this team, and they, I think they need to maybe focus on a different direction with what they're doing on the offense side of the ball. Anyways, three ball, T-shirt time. Talk to you later, big dog. All right, thanks, Rock. Appreciate you. 639-4900. A um, couple things I want to talk about, too, as well. Um, we're going to get into uh, basketball, obviously, uh, a little bit later on. But uh, with Tim Thomas, the Tech games and so forth. But yesterday was an incident after the Iowa-Ohio State game with Caitlin Clark, who um, I guess a lot – she's kind of a polarizing figure. She's clearly the best player in college basketball, women's college basketball. And – she is. She's the best player in women's college basketball. A lot of people don't like her mindset, the way she plays. Yesterday there was an incident as Ohio State upset Iowa. 
Um, again, a conference road game. We've talked about how tough it is to win conference road games. And as for some reason, they charged the floor at a women's college basketball game. And she ran into a fan and hit the floor. And there have been all these people trying to break down whether she did it intentionally and it was a flop. And let me just say to those people that are trying to take out their dislike on Caitlin Clark by trying to accuse her of this, what in the holy hell is going through your mind? For one thing, fans are not supposed to be out on the floor. She was running trying to get off the court. You can slow down angles and then sit there and try to make it look like anything you want. But when things are going full speed and you already have all these people around you, it's not the athlete's fault if something like that happens when they're just trying to get to their locker room, right? It is ridiculous. Imagine, and I tried to throw it in. here. Okay, Tech fan. Let's say Virginia Tech women's basketball team is number one in the country, and they go to, I don't know, pick a school. They go to Chapel Hill, and North Carolina beats them, and the fans rush the floor. And Elizabeth Kitley is running full speed off the floor, and she runs into a fan and gets knocked down. Are you going to sit there and accuse her of flopping? I'm looking at one of the angles that this somebody posted trying to say, look what she did. She pushed. No, I think she's reacting because somebody's there, just like I do when I'm in a crowd. If somebody's around, I have my arms out. I don't want anybody running into me. The fans aren't supposed to be on the damn floor. That's on Ohio State. That's not on Caitlin Clark. Yeah, I know you may not like her. I get it. A lot of people don't like her. And maybe she brings a lot of that onto herself. But to defend, <laughs> to try to defend the running fan out onto the floor as opposed to the player when you don't even see the context, are you kidding me? Really? You know what? When you're stupid enough to run out on a basketball court after a game, it's 94 feet. This is unlike, and it's stupid when you charge a football field, too. But on a basketball court, when you don't have a lot of space and it's very tight quarters to get off the floor, to go to the locker room, I mean, anything goes. And to sit there and try to blame the player. been one thing if she would have thrown a punch. All right? Yeah, she had her arm out. I think as she was running off, she glanced at this person who was at her side coming straight for her and didn't see her in time. That's the way it looks to me. But all these people that are piling on her like, oh, she did that on purpose. Like, how the hell do you know she did it on purpose? Is because you don't like her? See, this is what the media does to twist things that they want to be true. Like I say, ask yourself the question. What if that were Liz Kitley? What if that were Georgia Amor? Getting knocked down like that. Would you want to see her blamed? But she wouldn't be blamed, would she? Because she's a likable figure. (laughs) I just don't understand, man. I don't understand people that are trying to look at that incident and try to validate all those people running out onto the floor. 
Like that is that's being ignored. Hey, those people aren't where they're supposed to be. That's not the problem. The problem is, look at that. She ran into that fan and she flopped. <laughs> really, really. Oh my God. No, she didn't flop. She didn't. And she handled it about as well as you could. Did anybody who wanted to accuse her take the time to watch the post-game press conference? Or did you just jump on the viral video and then jump on the mob squad? Did you go see the presser? Did you hear her comments at all, I wonder? Nah. Nah, not going to do that. Like I say, I always say reverse it. When somebody tries to argue about something that is preposterous, you just look at them and go, okay, reverse the situation. What if you were in this situation? And look, I'm not accusing tech fans of saying that she was doing anything wrong. But if you are of that mindset, reverse it. What if it were one of your own? How would you feel about it? And don't tell me you'd feel the same way because you wouldn't. All right? All right? You wouldn't. Your first thought wouldn't be, if you saw that happen to Elizabeth Kitley, your first thought wouldn't be, um, oh my God, look what Liz did. I can't believe that. No. You'd be all over the fan, wouldn't you? You'd be saying, why in the world is that administration allowing fans to charge a basketball court? Right? But no, because it was Caitlin Clark. No, look what she did. I can't believe she did that. <laughs> really? Really? That's the same mentality that you have nowadays. If somebody breaks into your house and they are trying to hurt you or your family and you decide to defend yourself, that all of a sudden you're the one being accused because that person came into your house and put people in danger, but yet you're the one on trial. You see that all the time? No, people have no right to be on the post-game floor. That's why they're supposed to have security. That's why after every game I'm at, I know, even in the Big South, we have police officers everywhere. Well, I know. Wayne, I don't care if she ticks fans off. That's great. But, again, the whole diatribe, that she did this on purpose or tried to attack her character about this? Come on, man. You might not like somebody, but to give the benefit of the doubt to people who are somewhere they're not supposed to be. I mean, if this is going to be defended like this, right? then we should just allow people onto the floor after every game and just let it be a free-for-all. Right? Guess what? When you lose a game, players are pretty upset. (laughs) This just in. Hey, guess what? Breaking news. Most of the time when you've been out there and you've been running up and down the floor for 40 minutes... You're not real happy when you lose. And when you add in a bunch of fans who are running out there and may be taunting and you may run into them, who knows? Like I say, reverse it. All right, Wayne from Ohio. We're going to disagree on this. Reverse it, Wayne. 
What if it were Georgia? What if it were Liz? Would you have had the first reaction? You would not have had that reaction. Let's go to the Baker team hotline. Hey, good morning. Big dog, big Al, how are you? Hey, Al, how are you? Doing good, thanks. Had, uh, first of all, uh, shout out, mention uh, the Reacher series. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, you liking it? Yeah, oh, good. I, good. I, well, I caught, I caught the first season last year and hadn't seen – Hadn't found many people that had found it yet, but with the popularity and now that season two's out, and I think it's been green-lighted for a season three, uh, the, the title character looks the part like it is, like in the uh, actual book. Oh, absolutely. Uh, does. Unlike absolutely. the movie when you have Tom Cruise, who's about a half the size of the actual character in the book. So they yeah. do a great job with that series. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Tom Cruise couldn't have been more miscast, could he? <laughs> no, no. And... The actual guy in the series is only six two, although they make him look like a giant in the book. I think he's like six five, yeah, sixty, right. I believe. So, but yeah, Cruz playing that role's uh, yeah, that's a head scratcher. <laughs> it was. Uh, that was a reach. <laughs> no pun intended. Anyway, had a little excitement this weekend. Um, my wife and I attended a wedding for her best friend's daughter down in Athens, Georgia. Uh-huh. On, on our way through Greenville uh, on. I-85, 385, had a large, con- they got a big concrete median too high because you got three or four lanes either way. Saw some smoke off in the distance, and as I got closer, all of a sudden, the only thing I could figure is it must have been the uh, hub off the rear axle of a dually. So all of a sudden, here comes two tires locked together oh, wow. over top of the median at me. So fortunately, there was nobody in the right lane, and I broke right and accelerated and got away from it, and it created a pileup behind me. So, yeah, it was just like in the movies, watching those tires come over like they were in slow motion. Wow, I'm glad you're okay, man. Good Lord. Yeah, yeah, just real fortunate there. But uh, my new pet peeve for bad driving guy, and I'm sure you run into this, you're on the interstate, you're in the left lane, you're running along. I tend to drive a little fast, about 80 or so. Somebody comes up behind you, you slide over, and they remain in your blind spot. <laughs> yeah, they don't get around you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I don't understand it. They run up on you, but they won't go. And it's like uh, apparently you're occupying the space they want to be in. Right. Absolutely. So, uh, Absolutely. Just, uh, that, that fascinates me. If you're going to run up on somebody when they move over, go by them. Don't don't just. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not as bad to me as the guy runs up on you on the right side and tries to pass you. But you're right. If they they act like they're rushing you, okay, I'm going to get over now, you idiot. And then they just kind of stay there. You don't know where they went because they never went by you. <laughs> as far as the NFL, uh, you know, don't watch it much during the regular season. Watch a little bit of playoffs. I think the issue is this is just me personally. It feels like all aspects of our society, including athletics, has been gained, as I like to say. Everything's trying to maximize the dollar. And I used to think sports was one of the purer aspects of our society, and I'm not so sure about that anymore. No, I agree 100%, man. No, it's not. No, it's just again, it's about the dollar. Yep. Everything's controlled by money. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, big dog. Thanks. I'm glad you're okay, man. Thanks for sharing that. I'm glad everybody's okay. All right. I'll see you later. Thank you. Wow. Wow. That's that's scary. That's scary. Brian writes in, you know why I look at it, Rick? Anything goes in the Caitlin Clark situation. If you're going to be a fan, you're going to run on the floor, and you run into players, or you're running your mouth at players, whatever happens, happens. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, we'll come back real quick to wrap up hour one. Stay with me. All right. We're wrapping up hour number one. Good stuff. Getting a lot of uh getting a lot of text messages about the whole Caitlin Clark incident. Most folks are uh Agreeing with me. I knew the music was about to hit, so I paused. Marva joins us. We'll talk to Marva. Marva's been around a long time. She was down at Carolina. She saw a lot of big wins. We'll get her take on that. I know she wants to talk about the uh, playoffs from yesterday. That guy in Baltimore is going to be the MVP. I wonder if she'll talk Carolina hoops. I, I don't know. I, Marvel leads off our two.